to yet another episode of Smart Rebellion. This is episode seven, y'all. This is going so fast. This episode is entitled, Stop It. Stop what, you ask? I am so glad that you did ask. In this episode, I will address common struggles that we often face as adults in our daily lives and interactions such as self-sabotage, sulking, complaining, comparing, and running and resisting. So let's get right into it. Self-sabotage. If you've ever heard the saying, you are your own worst enemy, it's more than likely something that has taken place that could be, I guess, placed in a self-sabotage hat. Self-sabotage runs parallel with self-destruction. Behaviors such as procrastinating on a project, lashing out at a loved one, and then later asking yourself, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Why did I act like that? Or even acting against our own self-interests all falls under self-destruction or self-sabotage. If you listened to uh, my previous episode entitled Come Through Dripping, I spoke about the um, inner me that can also be translated to become our enemy. Our inner me can be our enemy. So that inner voice can be harsh and critical at times, but the voice doesn't provide a positive sense of self that you can entrust in. So even though you have that inner voice that's giving you advice, it could be um, negative advice or not so good advice or or even um you could have thoughts of unworthiness or not being good enough that inner voice or inner me becomes your enemy the inner voice strongly epitomizes an anti-self concept and we know all know that anti means that um something goes against right so um, you're going against yourself in a sense when you're self-sabotaging or self-destruction. There are doubts in our abilities and undermining of our desires and we are convinced to be paranoid and suspicious toward ourselves and even suspicious toward those people that are close to us. All self-sabotage, lack of belief in ourselves, low self-esteem, judgments, criticisms and demands for perfection are forms of self-abuse in which we destroy the very essence of our vitality that's a quote by deborah adele do you self-sabotage i know that i have in the past i probably still do um if i think long enough i'm sure i can come up with ways that i consciously or even subconsciously self-sabotage so in that let's try to be mindful of finding holes in joyful moments or experiences your self-sabotaging ways are stealing your joy and you deserve to experience the wholeness of good moments and finally give yourself a break from that negative self-talk which again correlates with that inner voice or the inner me that of course can um, also run parallel to being your enemy Let's talk about sulking. What does it mean to sulk? Um, When I think about sulking, I think about a child or even an adult pouting when they don't get their way. They're kind of slumped down, arms folded, um, a real disappointing or upset look on their face. That's what comes to mind when I think about sulking. 
So to sulk means to remain silent or hold oneself in an ill-humored mood. Grumpy, um, not sociable, withdrawn. So, of course, the reality of things that these days and nowadays with the conditions of the world, a lot of us are indeed sulking. And in my opinion, we're sulking justifiably so. But there is really no need to stay there. I don't, I don't feel with given the definition that there's anything wrong with um, allowing yourself to feel or allowing yourself to express. As I stated, the conditions of this world will cause anybody to sulk. It's hard to look around and to feel that joy or to feel that peace um, or to feel that excitement about life simply because at this point, we really, really don't know what's going to happen from, from one day to the next. We didn't know before, but there was also not necessarily an anticipation or um, a fear, if you will, of what's to come, simply because, we, of course, we weren't in the times then that we are in now. So um, with that, we definitely have to make a conscious effort to seriously change the things that we can and accept the things that we can and of course that's a part of the serenity prayer but you shift your focus from the things that are draining you the news um social media people in general and redirect your attention to expressions of gratitude and i believe i spoke in um my last episode episode six entitled show up about expressing expressing gratitude um, and how it can produce uh, endorphins, which of course are the feel-good hormones that we all want. I believe chocolate uh, produces endorphins as well, but um, gratitude will definitely help shift your mood. It may not be instant. It could be for some people. It could be gradual, but just practicing gratitude, journaling, writing down those things that you're grateful for, um, making it a point to habitually daily say the things that you're grateful for, say it out loud, um, write it down, revisit it. If you can't think of something, if you keep a journal, go back and read those grateful moments. Um, don't just list worded words uh, alone, but you can list circumstances. Go back and read that and that'll definitely help you feel better in the moments when you may be indeed sulking. Create your own excitement. You find the things that you look forward to or that you're looking forward to. It could be a date. Um, it could be a graduation date. Maybe a family member is accomplishing something really soon. The birth of a child. Those all create excitement in the fact that you're looking forward to something and excitement will provide a sense of enthusiasm and reasons to get up in the morning if you need that so um look for those exciting moments to come and try to set your focus on those so that you're not consumed with everything that is going on right now everything that's going on around you it's extremely hard but practice definitely makes perfect and if you practice it long enough it will then become a habit next up we'll talk about the dreaded complaining how many phone calls do you ignore because you know that the person on the other line is simply calling you to complain i personally feel like there is a difference between complaining and venting um for me venting is is almost like let me get this off my chest. I 
after I get it off my chest, I'm good. I'm moving on. Let's go. But complaining is also let me get this off my chest. But in a sense, I feel like it's mixed with a woe is me attitude or um, an attitude of defeat. So to quote Maya Angelou, she stated, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. The more we complain, the more we become unhappy, which is true. Happiness comes when we stop complaining about the troubles we have and offer thanks for all the troubles that we don't have. So again, that goes back to expressing gratitude. We either make ourselves miserable or we make ourselves strong. The amount of work is the same. So I read a quote recently that says, complaining is like vomiting. Afterwards, you feel better, but everyone around you feels sick. Again, complaining is like vomiting, but afterwards you feel better, but everyone around you feels sick. I can most definitely relate to this. As I stated, I will decline an incoming, what I label complaint call, faster than Deion Sanders can get a ball into the end zone. That's just how quick <laughs> I will hit ignore, decline whatever I need to do because I'm, I'm not a dump truck and I literally feel like I am collecting garbage from certain people all the time. And that is not my job. That's not for me to do, especially if it's something that we've already discussed. I've already given you my opinion. I've already given you my advice. Not saying that I'm an expert, but I feel confident in knowing that you called me because you needed my input or you valued my input. You wanted my input. But we all have those people who tend to be a little more needy than others. And that's that's okay. But you also have to remember to set those boundaries. You have to also remember to protect yourself because for, don't, you can't forget that you yourself too, you have garbage on the inside of you. You may not label it like that, but we all have those things on the inside of us that we need to get rid of. So if we have those things and yet we're being empathetic and sympathetic with other people continually, especially on the same subject or the same topic, that becomes draining. So again, I am not your garbage truck. Um, I am not built for that, but God bless the people who are. Shout out to our counselors, our therapists, our psychologists, but even us as parents, those of us who are parents, um, you know, we listen to our children. I don't know that it holds the same weight simply because it is our duty to guide and instruct our children. However, um, you know, sometimes we're just so full of our own issues or um you know our own thoughts it's hard to receive that from other people so you just have to make sure that you're in the proper place to receive if you choose to accept those complaints from people um other than yourself so let's talk about comparing to compare means to estimate measure or note the similarity or dissimilarity between so i have a comparison story when I was in high school, one of my aunt's friends bought me a coach purse. And, you know, in high school, a coach purse, that was that was major, right? So um, I can't remember if it was for my birthday or for like an accomplishment. But either way, um, she got me this purse. And my so-called friends at the time became extremely jealous of me because I had a coach purse. So within the next few weeks, I started seeing them show up to school, um, 
with coach purses at least two or three of them you know they came with their purses and we were friends again so once they got their purse we were friends again but when they didn't have it then we don't like crystal or we're not talking to crystal you know how they do in high school or how we do i'm not exempt so um at the time i really i could never understand the comparisons that constantly took place between us and that was throughout school it wasn't just that one situation but it was throughout school so as i discussed that particular situation with my mom regarding the purse i remember her telling me to never be them and to never compare or become envious of what other people have because you don't know how they got what they have my purse cost me nothing in my eyes it was free my parents didn't buy it i didn't buy it but their purses cost them a hundred simply because they were technically trying to keep up with me or they were comparing themselves to what crystal has i want that too so in that i say that comparing is dangerous because we are negating our own road and demanding that the past be different than what it was we don't oftentimes give our past the credit that it deserves the significance that it served to get us where we are today where we are today is not all bad we can look back and be thankful at those circumstances and the trials and the tribulations that we went through that created those testimonies to where now we can stand strong and tall and bold if we just so happen to go through it again we know that we'll get through it yet again because we got through it last time or if someone is going through I think I mentioned this before in another episode. The same thing that that you have already been through, you then can can encourage them. Um, You can give them insight and provide insight on how they too can get through. It may not be an identical situation, but you get what I'm saying in the sense of not treating your past as if it was something bad or wishing that it wasn't what it was. Um, In my opinion, it was needed to get you to where you are today. So the demands that we place on ourselves may sometimes be motivations for change, but they often lead to feelings of diminished self-worth. So that's why it's important not to compare because you may have been in a situation or a place in your life where you are extremely happy with where you are. You look back at all the things that should have stopped you in your tracks, but you kept going. Um, knocked you down but you got up and you kept going and you can be in an extremely good place but then you begin to compare yourself to others and what they have or what they're doing and you start to miss the moments of your victories or the victories that you know that you won so we can't we can't compare um i have a really cool poem about accepting where you are right now and how to stop comparing your success to the success of others What God has for you is for you in his timing. If there's ever a day when you feel tired of saying good for them and you are wondering when things will be good for you, take heart with great hope and consider all the things this season of growing will lead into. Like an ocean that awaits many miles away, you may not be there yet, but you are surely on your way. So take your time while you are journeying, travel light and be safe. For there will come a time when you finally arrive on those shores and you will be so glad you didn't settle. You will be so glad you didn't give up and you will be so glad that you did not sink yourself to someone else's pace 
and chose to instead anchor yourself in the steady rhythm of grace. And after everything that you went through, you arrived where you needed to be on time and everything will be fine. Not perfect, but fine. For every beautiful thing will happen in its time. That's by Morgan Harper Nichols. And you have to trust the process. Everything will happen in its own time. Okay, y'all. So I saved the best for last. Let's talk about running and resisting. Who or what are you running from? Are you running from God, love, your problems, or even running from yourself? Are you resisting change or even your own happiness? If you all listened to episode four, Come Through Dripping, I referenced how sometimes we are so desperate to get out of a situation or a circumstance that we run. We have to be careful with running because sometimes where we end up, that ending destination can end up enslaving us. Once we're enslaved again, we are at that point probably in a worse off situation than we were been had we not stayed where we were and trusted the process and came out on the other side. And for that, you have to be aware of of what I call destination addiction. (laughs) So destination addiction is the idea that happiness is in the next place or the next job or the next partner. Until you give up the idea that happiness is somewhere else other than where you are right now, it will never be where you are. You're always in that somewhere else moment. So you, again, you have to trust the process and you have to stop running. I don't know if you guys remember in episode three, where your diamonds, I discussed how diamonds are made. Um, the process, it was a three-step or really a four-step process, but the diamonds um, were made, at first they were broken down and then placed under pressure. After that, they were placed in extreme heat and then tested for purity. Doesn't that sound like our lives were broken down, under pressure, extreme heat, and then were tested for purity? Once all that is said and done, we're tested for purity, tested for clarity, right? But again, stop running and trust the process. How are y'all's commitments? How do you, how well do you commit to things? Let's commit right now to resist overthinking, worrying, and trying to make everyone happy, living in the past, and doubting yourself. Let's resist those things right now. These are the things that we have to stop resisting, but we also have to stop resisting change. A lot of people don't necessarily resist change itself but they resist being changed they don't want to change we can't become what we want by remaining what we are and you guys hear me say all the time that you have to let go of those things that no longer serve you so when things change on the inside of you things will start to change around you they will begin to change around you so i encourage everyone to be present right where you are and embrace the right now but it's also important to not become complacent um stop waiting for friday stop waiting for summer 
Stop waiting for someone to fall in love with you. Stop waiting for life. Stop waiting for happiness, right? Stop waiting for it. Happiness is achieved when you stop waiting for it and make the most of the moment that you're in. So a lot of these suggestions are definitely much easier said than done. I know that. And I know that because oftentimes I tend to take my own advice. And it's hard, but it's not impossible and it's not unattainable. So if I can do it, you surely can do it, right? So we are rebelling against self-sabotage, sulking, complaining, comparing, and running and resisting. Thank you guys so, so much. This concludes another episode of Smart Rebellion. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for connecting with me. For everyone who has reached out, I thank you so much. Thank you for your feedback. Don't forget that you can email me at smartrebellion2020 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at smartrebellion. If you just so happen to listen on the Anchor app, um, there is a message option. You can click it, leave me a message. I will get it and I will respond. Also, don't forget, there's a brand new episode that is released each and every single Friday. Again, thank you so much for the love. Thank you so much for the support. RIP to Chadwick Bozeman. God bless you guys.